You're listening to The Riverwalk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's message is called When the Trump Blows. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Well, like Trisha said, when she said she was singing that this morning and I heard her practice it, I literally got chill bumps. I don't believe things like that happen by an accident, but y'all will see in a minute, you talk about something that goes hand in hand with the message. I didn't arrange her to sing that on this day. She might have sung it earlier or later if it came, if the material came in, but I guess it's just the Lord's will that it was sang this day and that this message is spoken this day. So that being said, I hope I don't mess it up. hope I don't mess it up. So if you have a Bible this morning, we're going to look at the scripture that I believe this song was probably based upon. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. These are some of the books known as the Eschatological Epistles, books about the end times. What if I were to tell you today that 2020 is over? What if I were to tell you that it is a new year? Not a new church year, not a new school year, but it's indeed a new year. Well, I want to tell you that in some cultures, in the Jewish cultures, that it is indeed a new year. Friday began a new year on the Jewish calendar. It's called Rosh Hashanah, or Head of the Year is how it's translated. It began Friday, September the 18th, and Rosh Hashanah is a two-day celebration that marks the beginning of the new year. A lot of us are looking forward to having 2020 over with. Well, for the Jewish people, I guess it's over with. Time to look forward. But that also coincides with the Jewish feast. And that feast is called the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets. Now, you can read about all these feasts that the Jewish people celebrate. They are God-ordained, and the times were done not by Moses, but by God himself in Leviticus chapter 23. But the Feast of Trumpets is pretty unique. And I want to share with you that many, many, many students of the Bible, many Christians believe that Jesus will return for His church during the Feast of Trumpets. A lot of people believe that. So I want to talk for just a minute why that's believed. And like I said, if you want to go back me up on this, these feasts mentioned are in Leviticus chapter 23. There are seven big feasts the Jewish people celebrate. Or celebrated, they were all started in Leviticus. And these seven feasts, they have to do with what happened in the Old Testament, but we as Christians, we see where they directly, at least four of them, have directly correlated with significant events that has happened during the New Testament. These feasts, they're, they're, they're separated. They're, they're springtime planning, and then there's a harvest feast. Four Four feast celebrations that happen in the spring, and then there's a big gap in the summer, and then the last three happen in the fall. And so, y'all know it's fall, it's nice and cool outside, so this is the beginning of the fall season. So let me just go through these, and if I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I think they back up. So the first of the feast is Passover. Passover. We know what Passover was when God passed over the children of Israel. But what big event happened in the New Testament on Passover? It was Jesus' death on the cross. That happened during Passover. The Bible says that. Right after Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus' burial was during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Like I said, their springtime happened right after each other. 
After the feast of unleavened bread comes the feast of first fruits. The feast of first fruits is when Jesus' bodily resurrection happened. And then after that is the feast of weeks. And the feast of weeks is when the day of Pentecost occurred. And then what happened on the day of Pentecost is when Acts, you read about the Holy Spirit came down and the new church age began. Those are the four spring feasts. Now there's a long break in between Pentecost and now over the summer. Summer, and then you have the harvest. So many, many, many people believe that it makes logical sense that the next thing on the calendar, just like the first four big events happened on these feasts, people believe that the next three big events are going to happen on the next feast. So what feasts are left and what's left to come in the New Testament? Three feasts are left. The first is the Feast of Trumpets. The second is the Day of Atonement. And the third is the Feast of Tabernacles. So what three events do we have to look forward to as a church? The church age began on the day of Pentecost. So three things are left to happen in the calendar. If you, if you believe in the rapture at least. The Feast of Trumpets. That's when many believe the rapture of the church is going to happen. The Day of Atonement. That's when many believe that Jesus is going to come down after the seven year tribulation when he makes his earthly return. And then you have the Feast of Tabernacles and many, many people believe that that's when the new millennia is going to happen that we read about in Revelation chapter 20. What's unique about the Feast of Trumpets, all these other feasts, everybody knows, they're, they're set on a calendar. But the Feast of Trumpets, that is the only one that nobody knows the day or the hour. We know now because we, we, we know astrology and stuff like that, science that we have now, we didn't have then. But in old times... In old times, they had to wait for the new moon. They would go out and they would wait at night and they would wait to see that new moon. And when they saw that new moon, they would go back and just say, Hey, it's a new year. It's, it's time. The Feast of Trumpets can begin. So they took the trumpet, or what is actually a ram's horn like you see on the picture, called a shofar, and it was a day of blowing trumpets. And following that was, and is today, called the ten days of all. Ten days before the Day of Atonement. Ten days of repentance before the day that their sins were, were, were forgiven. Now, I'm not going to tell you for sure that Jesus is going to come back during the Feast of Trumpets. And I'm not one to preach really hard on raptures. And, I, and I, I don't believe it's right to scare somebody into a decision to follow Christ. But it is a good time to talk about it. No one can say for sure if all these events are going to correlate with these feasts, but man, it's a good time to talk about it. And I believe God really wanted me to talk about it, or Trisha wouldn't have sang that song this morning. So I just want to say this morning, what if? What if? Let's say that those who believe these end-time events happen like this, what if they're correct? And like the song Trisha sang, I do see the signs of the times happening everywhere. I mean, can you just believe that... The president that was supposed to start all these wars is all of a sudden correlating peace in the Middle East for the first time probably ever in anybody's lifetime here. I mean, it, things are just happening quick everywhere. So what, what would that mean if that's correct for you and me? And then Paul addressed this. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 13 through 18. The Thessalonian church, Paul sent Timothy to Thessalonica. And the Thessalonian church apparently just had a lot of questions. 
And they sent Timothy back to Paul with just a bunch of questions about everything. And it's a lot like today. We see all this stuff going on and we have a lot of questions. What's going to happen? What happens after I die? What about the people that are already dead? What's going to happen in the future? You know, this and that. And Paul, through these two epistles, I mean, he answers every question you can possibly imagine. But in this section, he talks about Jesus' return. And it begins in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, But I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's a beautiful, beautiful verse of scripture. But sometimes we, we take that and we read it the wrong way. And we read it out of context. So I just want to kind of put this in context this morning. How Paul was writing and why he was writing. So first thing I want you to know about this, even though nobody knows the day or the hour, even though it could be this week or it could be a hundred years from now, Paul did not want his church members, his brethren, uninformed. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know about these things. And church, I'm taking the same position that Paul has taken all these years ago. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant of the things that you see on TV. I don't want you to be ignorant of the things you feel in your spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant of, of the song that Trisha sings. So don't be ignorant. Of course, of absolutely course, we are living in the last days. Whether it, this calendar about the Feast of Trumpets is right or not, whether it's 2020 or 2030, listen, we are closer now than we've ever been. So don't be ignorant. Don't think don't think we aren't living in the days, not living in the last days because we are. Don't be ignorant. Please, please don't be ignorant because time is, is running out. Don't be ignorant for Christ is coming back for his church. Whether it's before, during, or after the Feast of Trumpets, whether it's before I die or not, Jesus is coming back for his church. It's going to happen. Don't be ignorant to that fact because... If you're ignorant to that fact, that changes everything, how you live and how you lead your families, how you, how you lead in the church. It changes everything. If you live like Jesus is going to come back tomorrow, it changes everything. It changes how you walk, how you talk. It changes how often you come to church. It changes the kind of employee you are. It changes the kind of citizen you are. So don't be ignorant about that. We are not to be ignorant about Jesus' return. But he also says in that same verse, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Paul was writing this to tell them that, hey, I don't want you to be ignorant, but I don't want you to sorrow. I'm not writing you this to doom and gloom. I'm writing you this to encourage you. I'm writing you this to tell you that you've got a hope unlike the rest of the world. Can I ask you this morning, I really think about this, what's been the worst thing about 2020? There's been a lot of bad stuff in 2020, hasn't there? I mean, the sickness, that's been one thing. 
I mean, a lot of people have been sick with the coronavirus. Uncertainty has been a big one. For me, one of the things that's really got on my nerves more than anything is, is the loneliness that I see people suffering with. People stuck in a nursing home and can't see their loved ones. I heard this week that, that a, a mom who has a baby that goes in the NICU, the mom can't see the baby in the NICU. and That's, that's just crazy. I can't imagine a mother not being able to see her baby. That's in 2020. That, that's actually happening. Then you've got death. You've got parents who have lost children. You've got husbands who have lost spouses. Daughters who have lost mothers. That's not to even mention the riots happening all across the world. People lighting cities on fire. Just last week there was somebody that went and shot two police officers in a car. I mean, to me, that's worse than the coronavirus. And I just want to tell you, it's sad. We, we turn on the TV and it's just it's heartbreaking. I mean, here it is, 2020. The saints are probably better than they've ever been, and the whole world's ruined the saints for me. It's a bad year. And I just want to tell you, it's hopeless. It's a hopeless situation for those without Jesus. Because I, I can tell you, here in America, we have done everything we can, and we're doing everything we can. Soon there will be a vaccine for the coronavirus, and then you fix that, there will be something else. We've got all kinds of civil liberties and stuff for, for minorities, and they're, they're still rotting. Nowhere else in America has the freedoms we have, and, and things are just bad, and it's just hopeless. And Paul, Paul knew that. Paul knew it would be like that now. Just like I know it'll be like that generations from now, the Lord doesn't come. And it was like this then. Like this then. And he said, I don't want you to sorrow like the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world has no hope. But if you have Jesus, if you have Jesus, we have a hope unlike the rest of the world. And all of this stuff, whatever you can name in 2020, that's going to be gone soon. When that trumpet blows... And make no mistake about it, church, that trumpet's going to blow. When that trumpet blows, there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more coronavirus. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more dementia. There'll be no more flu. There'll be no more cold. It will be gone when that trumpet blows. Man, I hope for that. There'll be no more quarantines. There'll be no more loneliness. There'll be no more people in a nursing home that you can't visit or a hospital That'll be over when that trumpet blows. When that trumpet blows, there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more saying goodbye when that trumpet blows. When that trumpet blows, there'll be no more elections. There'll be no more president. There'll only be a king. There'll be no elephant. There'll be no donkey. There'll just be the lion when that trumpet blows. There'll be no more attacks on the police officers and there'll be no more need for the police when that trumpet blows. Man, what a hope we have. And he says in verse 17, we shall always be with the Lord. When that trumpet blows, we shall always be with the Lord. Listen, for a Christian... That's something to be hopeful for. That's something to be excited for. That's not something to be down and out about. That's not something to be worried about. That's something to be excited about. And listen, 2020 has, should, should show us that we have a lot to look forward to. In verse 18, Paul said as much. He says, comfort one another 
with these words. He says, tell your brothers and your sisters in Christ. We are to be comforted and encouraged by this. It's not something to fear. It's something to look forward to. We should look forward to Jesus' return. We should look forward to that trumpet blowing. And we should encourage one another with these words. When we see somebody having a hard time, when we see somebody suffering, when we see somebody mourning over the loss of a loved one, we should be able to say, hey, it won't be long and that trump's going to sound and all this mess is going to be over with. If you're a born-again believer, there's absolutely nothing to fear about Jesus' return. Nothing. Absolutely nothing to fear about Jesus' return. See, so many times preachers preach this and, and they're really hard, they're really evangelistic. And Paul wasn't writing this to the lost. He was writing this to the believers. He was saying, hey guys, we've got a great future. And I'm telling you, it's going to be better than anything you can ever imagine. I'm not trying to scare you about some future event that's going to happen. I'm trying to encourage you that something great is coming. Something wonderful is coming. And man, you ought to be excited about it. But, but there is a big if in this. In verse 14, he says, for if, for if. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. That's a big if. He also says in, in verse 12 that as those who have no hope. So listen, understand this this morning. Not everyone has this hope that we have. Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? Can you just imagine walking through America in 2020 once again, where, where I honestly believe with all my heart that in the world today, America is the best place to live in the world. We've got freedoms unlike anybody else has. But if this is as good as it gets, it's just like that movie, As Good As It Gets. Jack Nicholson says, what if this is as good as it gets? What if this is as good as it gets? What a hopeless situation that would be. What if as good as it gets is people burning cities down? What if as good as it gets is police officers being murdered in cold blood? What if as good as it gets is dying at 100 years old of, of cancer or of old age? What if that's as good as it gets? Man, that's having no hope. It's hopeless for those who don't believe in Jesus. It's hopeless for those who are not saved. And I'm sorry to tell you this morning, if you are sitting in this church and you don't have Jesus, it is hopeless for you. Because as bad as it is, as America is 2020, there's something far worse waiting for those who die without Jesus. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I don't know when that trump will sound, but I would hate not to be prepared for it. I want my friends and I want my family, I want my church family to have the hope that I have. I want them to look forward to something far better than 2021. I want them to look forward to that trumpet blowing. I want them to have a hope for eternal life like I have. Don't you want that for your family? Don't you want that for your friends? Listen, I think we do a great disservice as, as Christians whenever we, we post on Facebook or we tell somebody else that, oh, I can't wait till 2021 gets here. Oh, I can't wait till after the election's over. The heck with the election. I can't wait till Jesus comes back. The heck with seeing Donald Trump reelected. Listen, I hope he does. But more than that, I can't wait to see the king coming back. That's where my hope is. Listen, that's what we should encourage one another with. That's where our hope is.
And listen, the, the question that it all comes down to, here, here's the big question that we all have to answer. What if Jesus does return during this Feast of Trumpets? It began at night on Friday the 18th, and it ends on the 28th. What if during this feast that Jesus did say, son, or God said, son, go get my children? What if that trumpet did blow? What if this was it? Are you ready? Are you ready? Or, or, or does it scare you to death? Now, admittedly, there's, there's some fear of the unknown. I, I think you would be unhuman to say that. But in your heart of heart, if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, something should be stirring in your spirit that finally, 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 very soon, I'm going to get to go home. And what an awesome experience it would be if we got to go home without having to taste death. Listen, this is a very real possibility, church. There's a very real possibility that Jesus could step out on that cloud and call his children home. But are you his child? Are you ready? This feast... This feast, these ten days, is a time of repentance. A time of getting right with the Lord before His second coming. That's what, it, that's what it is. Before the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. Maybe today should be a time of repentance for some of you. Now, now look, we kind of get this idea wrong. These feasts were practiced by believing Jews. It was a time of repentance for believers. They sacrificed as believers. Nowadays, as believers, we get the idea that the altar is only for the lost. We get the idea that, that, that prayer and public professions of faith and testimonies, that's only for people not like us. But that's not the case. These feasts were for the children of God to remember what God had done for them. Maybe today should be a time of repentance for the Christians. Maybe today should be a time of commitments where we repent of things that we've done, but we also commit to the future that, hey, Lord, whenever you're coming back, I'm going to be ready for you. I'm going to commit my life to the king. I'm going to go where you tell me to go, when you tell me to go. And, man, when you come and get me, you're going to find me in a good place. Maybe today should be a time of preparing your heart for the day of atonement, for his coming to rule over the earth forever and ever. Just like Paul told this Thessalonian church, I'm not telling anybody here this morning any of this stuff to scare you. My purpose is to encourage you. I want to encourage you, those who are coming with me when that trumpet blows. I want to encourage you and tell you that, man, we've got so much to look forward to. When that trumpet blows, man, we've got, we've got every emotion, every positive emotion to look forward to. And every negative thing, all the fear, all the sadness, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the uncertainty, all the stress, all the anxiety, all that is going to stay right here. And we're going to be called up together with Him in the clouds. Man, I'm encouraging you with that this morning. But I'm also encouraging you to be ready to come with me when the trumpet blows. I'm encouraging you to come with me because I'm sad to say that there is going to be a lot of people who are faithful in church. There's going to be a lot of people who maybe even serve leadership roles in churches. There's going to be a lot of people who look good 
but they're not going to be going anywhere when that trumpet blows. They're going to be staying put. I don't want that to happen. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to give your life to Jesus. And it starts just like the, the festival of trumpets. It starts with the time of repentance. It's easy peasy. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinful creature. I need forgiveness. I trust in you. I believe you, you came, died, and resurrected. My trust is in you. And in Romans, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you done that? Does the trumpet excite you or does it terrify you? If you're scared of that trumpet blowing, if you're scared of the future, man, I, I would love to help you be excited about it. Have you given your life to Jesus? Thanks again for listening to the Riverwalk today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope it encouraged you. And I sincerely hope wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, that you are ready for that trump to sound. If you're not, I pray you give your life to Jesus, and I'd love to help you do that. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe to this podcast and to Beth River Baptist Church's YouTube channel. Every Wednesday, we have Wednesday Words of Wednesday, Wednesday Words of Wisdom released at 6 a.m. Thanks, you guys, and have a great week.